Hi, welcome to Story Hall, a podcast exploring the lore behind the most important stories in the world. So pull up a chair by the fireplace and let us put a story in your hole. <laughs> Hi, I'm Joey. I'm Roger. And I'm Kevin. And, and we're, this is a story hole, season two. Uh, we have some, some, a, a big announcement to make. Oh. And that, and that is that we are... I have chlamydia. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit better than that, we made it onto Italy's Top 100 Gaming Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We did it. We finally Number did it. Number 98. Number 98 in the top 100. I feel bad for whoever 99 is because. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was sure we can find out because I would love to listen to whatever that garbage podcast is. <laughs> Just a minute ago, we were, we were thinking like, what episode did we do that cracked that top 100? And Joe, you were thinking it might have been the Golden Girls, yeah. uh, Golden Girls for Nintendo episode. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was an exhilarating game. <laughs> really high speed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They actually pulled the the third level from Battletoads and just put <laughs> B. Arthur in it. Yeah, Blanche has been has been um, abducted by aliens, yeah. and you have to go rescue her. Yeah, so you have to like fly around those little scooters. And yeah, just like the show, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very true to the uh, source material. Yeah, you guys want you guys want to get into it? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Now we're all in our thirties. We look great, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't look a day over twenty five. <laughs> you guys remember nineteen nineties MTV? Oh yeah, no. What, what do you remember about nineteen nineties MTV? Um, <laughs> I liked it at the time, but in retrospect, it was. Terrible, right? Just a lot of MTV's Beach House. Um, they did that, that one Beach fun. House with Jim Brewer. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I love Jim Brewer. And you don't like Jim Brewer, right? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't care for the man. You don't like Goat Man? No, I hate Goat Man. The worst. <laughs> what about like when Polly Shore used to host stuff? Did you like that? <sighs> I mean, that's the thing is, I did at the time, but now I don't at all. I don't. I don't even know how I could have liked it. I'm going to list a few things. You tell me yes or no. Okay. okay ready? Road rules. Uh, yeah, yeah. Road Rules is still good. Real World. Yeah. Liquid Television. Mm, I don't remember Liquid Television. What's that? Had like Eon Flux and stuff on it. Oh, okay. And the Max? And yeah, and the Max. Yeah, that was great. Silfo and Ollie? Silfo and Ollie oh, was great. Oh, yeah. Silfo and Ollie is fantastic. For anyone who doesn't know what Silfo and Ollie is, it was like on at like 2 a.m. It was a sock puppet show and it was great. Yeah, it's so good. But also, there's something I want to focus on. And in 1994, MTV released a couple of short films that would be played between scheduled programming and one of them was called joe's apartment yeah uh, yeah did you ever see it a little short film no i never saw the short neither have i um it's really sh- it, it is really short it's honestly it's like three minutes long but for that short there's a man whose name was john payson he was hired to make it and he drew inspiration from these two films from 1987 called those damn roaches and a japanese <laughs> film called twilight of the cockroaches huh. uh, and in these films there was a combination of like live action, stop motion animation, and puppetry, which Payson would then also use in his short film, Joe's Apartment. So I'm going to explain what happens in that short film, and then we'll talk about how it became a movie. It opens up with a little jingle in which dozens of little voices are singing about a man named Joe and his apartment and the cockroaches that live there. And for anyone who's unfamiliar, these are talking, singing cockroaches that are kind of pitched up like Alvin and the Chipmunks. So they introduce us to the scene, and we're in a dumpy apartment building in a rundown part of the city. And we see Joe, and he's fixing his tie and getting ready for a big date. And the cockroaches are all teasing him and cheering him on. Uh, so obviously, this man has a relationship with these talking cockroaches. 
and he basically wants to just go out and impress this new lady friend, and so he offers them a steak in exchange that they stay out of sight for the night. And sure enough, they chow it down in seconds, and they agree. And throughout this exchange, we see a few cockroaches, but to save money, probably, most of the time a cockroach is depicted talking, we see something around the apartment wiggle. So like a, a pillow or a beer can. Oh, so you don't see an actual bug? You just see... Most of the time, you don't see an actual bug. You just see like an object wiggle, and, and then we'll see like little cuts of bugs scampering around. So you, you presume that's what's happening. Uh, and also, there's a lot of point of view shots. So whenever the angle is in a weird place, it's obviously it's like on the roof or like really down low. It's supposed to be from the perspective of a, of a roach. Sure enough, that night he brings back his date, and the roaches think that they should probably try to help Joe look cool. So they click the play button on the cassette player, they scoot the wine and the chairs close to the girl without her noticing, and they just kind of watch from above in this hanging lamp. And as Joe gets closer to making a move on his date, they swing a little too far and they spill all over the date. Uh, and cockroaches? The shot is, yeah. So, and honestly, the shot is legitimately just dumping twenty roaches on this actress. <laughs> who's, it's pretty rough. <laughs> and they're real? Are they? Alive? They're real. These ones are real cockroaches. Yeah. Uh, and then she just screams and she runs out of the apartment. And then once again in harmony, the, the roaches are humming and they're. Little defeated little melody as our disappointed Joe sinks back into his couch. And that's the end of the short. Huh. Would you guys so, be bummed out if somebody dumped 20 cockroaches on you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, think I don't so. have a problem with bugs really at all, but cockroaches get me, man. I think they're just yeah. too big. Yeah. Maybe it's the fact that they're <laughs> unkillable and that scares you. I mean, yeah. you can kill one. No, I don't think I, you can. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> I faced a, a cockroach one-on-one hand-to-hand combat and I, and I wow. won. So. This sounds like a tall tale to me. I <laughs> no, I did it. Ask anybody. <laughs> did you strip down nude like a Grendel <laughs> to just yeah. make it a fair match? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Clothes would only slow it's, me down. It's too smart of a joke for this podcast, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, uh, I, I want, I, I'm trying to, for season two, I'm going to really, I'm going to come out, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm actually very smart. <laughs> <laughs> I read Beowulf all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're doing a, sto- a story about Joe's apartment, but <laughs> you pref- you'd prefer to be doing Beowulf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, Joe's apartment. <laughs> uh, so the short that they made, it was, it was met uh, with like, largely positive response. And so with great enthusiasm, MTV decided they were going to adapt it into their first feature movie. Uh, it was shortly before Beavis and Butthead Do America came out. Wow, that's, their so, first, that's the first MTV movie? First MTV movie, hmm. yeah. And if I recall, I, I think at that time is they decided they wanted to make a big push to start making movies, and that was why they kind of went with it because everybody just liked this weird little cockroach, you know, short. But yeah, they they actually shoveled thirteen million dollars into the movie's budget. Wow. Yeah, and of of that money, they made four and a half million back. Oh no, <laughs> it wasn't successful. It was not successful. I In mean, my if you head, think about it, it was a it was a huge blockbuster movie. That's um, so weird. I mean, I haven't heard anyone talk about this movie in 15 years. I guess that's true. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it, You've too. You've seen it, Roger? Yeah. Oh. Joe's Apartment? Yeah, I, I love that I movie. had never heard of hmm. this before you guys. You're just not plugged oh. into the MTV generation, Kev. I guess not. Yeah. I guess not. Are you like some sort of millennial? Yeah. You're too are busy you a, watching PBS over there. Yeah. I really are like the character. Sort of, are you a boomer? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm a boomer. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean... We liked the movie when we were kids, but it's pretty clear that... Nobody else did. Critics and people in general didn't <laughs> yeah. really, yeah. But on the, the, like the plus side of that is I think that maybe, literally, I might be the only person to have watched this movie in America in 2019. <laughs> which is kind of cool possible. if you think about it, right? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, they deserve an a, a award for that or something. <laughs> like the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. A Pulitzer, maybe. Well, maybe I'll get one. Yeah. yeah. Can you guys, I, th- I don't think I can nominate myself. I'll I think nominate you. Yeah. Have to, thank yeah. you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Hey, my buddy Joey watched Joe's apartment. Can you yeah. get a Pulitzer? <laughs> well, God damn it. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what the guy says, the president of the Pulitzer Awards. <laughs> so one last thing before I get into the movie. Uh, it is a musical, kind of. Uh, and <laughs> I think the music is kind of legitimately impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically it's all acapella. It's just like sung by these like choirs of roaches and they do a bunch of different genres and the music's actually really good. And I know what that sounds like <laughs> for, for me to say like, well, who, who the fuck are you to say that this music in Joe's apartment is good. But I actually wanted to go and look it up and see if I could figure out like if I could uh, back that up in any way. So I tried to find like the guy who, who made it. And there's two people who are credited Kevin West, who I couldn't track down another guy whose name is Carter Burwell. And he did the music for all sorts of movies, so like Twilight and Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Oh uh, man, Dave that's Lebowski. a good one. He does like a tons and tons of really big ones. So the soundtrack think, for Oh Brother Where Art Thou is the best soundtrack of any movie ever. Yeah, it is really good. It's possibly yeah. only beaten by Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I legitimately do like Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I think it's yeah, that's that's oh, it's legitimately great. good. Yeah. That song that they did in the movie to get the famous. Soggy Bottom Boys. Yeah, Soggy yeah, Bottom yeah. Boys is a really good song. Also, a good term. I would love yeah, to yeah. good name, oh, totally. I'm working on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I did think that there was some legitimacy to the music, and I, I wanted to throw that out there in case anyone's like, I doubt anyone's actually going to go off and watch this, but it's kind of worth it. My only recollection wanna... is the roaches singing Funky Town. Funky Towel, and it's incredible. Funky Towel. <laughs> funky Towel, yeah. Uh, don't worry, I have a link so you guys can watch it. Okay. Is this a cover, <laughs> like a satire of like Funky a Town? A, and it's not supposed to be a parody in, uh, of any way, but it's, it's supposed to be kind of... Well, they just cover genres, so that's just the funk one they do. They also do like a Western one. They do like a kind of Baptist church. Does it not sound like Funky Town, though? It doesn't sound like Funky Town, no. Okay. Just a, it sounds kind of like George Clinton. Okay. And then also... Uh, one other thing, uh, we have some pretty solid cockroach voices. So, like, Dave Chappelle's one of the cockroaches. Oh, really? And Yeah. And Billy West is the main cockroach. And wow. it was kind of before he was really famous. So, hmm. I mean, I mean, Ren and Stimpy and Doug were out in, like, the M&M's commercials, but that's basically it, right? <laughs> is there any relation to Kevin West? Was this a little bit of a, a like, a, you know, this is my buddy. Who's Kevin West? Kevin West is the, the creator, isn't it? Oh, or the, the composer, oh, the music guy. Yeah, uh, no, no. Uh, they're just they both happen to have the last same last name. Maybe the Long Lost Brothers. Oh. Uh, but Billy West is like, you know who that is, right? He's like Fry. He's like our generation's Mel Blanc. Yeah, he's oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. The voice so, of everybody. Yeah, his voice of everybody. His voice of our. He voices me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right, let's watch the movie now. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it opens up with a large sweep of New York City, once again accompanied by acapella voices of cockroaches with an updated, more robust version of the original song. Uh, we get a sense that there are a bunch of these little guys chiming in, cursing in an NC-17 manner, and a bus pulls up, and out steps a bright, dopey-eyed 22-year-old man from Iowa, and his name is Joe, obviously. He is immediately mugged three times, what? Uh, which kind of sets the tone for his new life as an Iowa boy in the big city, because uh, what we'll come to find is that New York is just very, very hard and heartless. What so, did the, f- the second and third muggers get? Uh, well, he was carrying. <laughs> so he just he steps out. He was carrying all of his luggage, and the first guy just punches him in the face a bunch, and then takes some of the luggage, and then the next guy takes the next chunk, and the next guy takes the next chunk. Oh, okay. That's nice that the muggers are spreading the wealth. Yeah, yeah. Communist muggers. Yeah. <laughs> Very thoughtful, really. Uh, 
But Joe's first priority is to find a place to live and then a job. And everywhere he looks, is just super run down, falling apart, everything's overpriced, and there aren't any reasonable options. But as he walks with newspaper listings in hand, he comes across his first friend. It's a gory, bloody dead body of a man who seemingly jumped off a building. Oh, God. What? Yeah. So Joe checks on him to see if he's alive. And sure enough, <laughs> the man's fine. He's what? a performance artist that wanted to make a commentary on the uh, cold, pitiless realities of New York. And this man's name is Walter Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Could you spell that for me? Uh, W-A-L-T-E-R. <laughs> and then shit. Uh, although if you watch the TV version, his name is Walter Poo. <laughs> so Walter gives Joe some insights to the city. A rent control apartment is pretty much impossible to come by unless you inherit it from a relative, basically. Uh, also, the only way people ever really leave rent control apartments is if they're basically threatened or killed off by sketchy landlords. And this fades as we are introduced to an example of what this looks like. There's a single beat up building on an otherwise empty lot. And we hear grunge music that sounds kind of like Goro's theme from Mortal Kombat as two sets of black boots walk up the stairs slowly. It's two thugs. They're both bald, they have matching tattoos, gold teeth, leather clothes, and one's a white guy and one's a black guy, but they're cousins. Uh, (laughs) But also, they work for an unseen landlord that wants one of his tenants out. It's an old Russian lady. And at this point, we don't know much else. We just see them tie a wire atop the stairwell and wait for her to trip. And so the old babushka, sure enough, comes out her little apartment and just rolls down 10 flights of stairs. Oh, babushka. And it's accelerated 90s-like style. A lot of this is really 90s looking. But she's just banging her head on banisters and walls, and she just hits the floor. And then she just gets up like nothing happened, dusts off her dress and walks outside. It's a tough babushka. Yeah, she's tough, real tough. As she gets outside, she's greeted by Joe and Walter shit. And Walter actually knows this woman, so he tries to make small talk with her, but she immediately has a heart attack. And as she clutches her heart... She tosses her keys, and they land in Joe's hand. And Walter, our performance artist, declares out loud to all the resident homeless that poor Joe just lost his mother. Uh, Uh, She's dead, and now he's going to inherit her apartment. Wow. That's all you have to do. That's legal. quick thinking on uh, Walter Schitt's part. Yeah. He's he's a pretty smart guy. Uh, You're going to like him for most of the movie, and then at one point you're not going to like him anymore. (laughs) Uh, So Joe moves in. And like the rest of the apartments he's visited, it's a complete shithole. There's trash everywhere, there's holes in the wall, rotting food in the fridge. It's just very brown inside. Uh, (laughs) But but there are also a bunch of little voices. And as they talk, we see shoes and empty cans open up and close, pictures shift, pin cushions wiggle, because obviously the roaches are hiding inside all of these items, just like in the short. How do shoes open up and close? (laughs) <laughs> it's like so where the sole meets the actual like the fabric of oh the shoe, they're like torn just like yeah it's a, it's a everything's really imagine just something disgusting yeah. and times two and that's everything you see in this apartment <laughs> okay so as the roaches talk Joe is oblivious he doesn't seem to hear them and we get a little insight as to how they feel about the situation uh, the roaches are worried they don't recognize this man and he has luggage and they're scurrying trying to hide from him they're running into cracks behind objects and two roaches Two roaches hide in a whiskey bottle and tread whiskey whilst getting drunk, but one roach isn't so fortunate to get out of harm's way. He's hiding under a slice of toast, and everybody thinks it's over for him. Joe goes to pick up the toast to take a bite out of it, and then he <laughs> sees the roach and exclaims it's the most ugly, disgusting bug he's ever seen. Then he Aww. just blows it off the toast and takes, takes a bite anyway. <laughs> and in a tale as old as time, a friendship begins budding. 
The roaches are proud of their garbage lifestyle, and this guy must not be so bad if he's going to compliment their greasy appearance and eat the roach toast anyway. <laughs> and that roach, the one that almost got chomped, his name is Ralph, and he's kind of the unofficial leader of the roaches. Uh, he's the one who's voiced by Billy West. Hmm. So, next we see a montage of Joe getting settled, which basically just shows the shitty apartment's appearance changing from being a shithole to just a worse shithole. So on <laughs> no. top of all the ladies' garbage, he doesn't clean up any of her stuff. You just see, like, pizza boxes start to stack up and beer bottles, donuts, marshmallows, and her stuff never moves. But he does Marshmallows? Put some... <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that one. <laughs> but he puts so up, like, Led Zeppelin and Beast. I guess. I mean, maybe he just eats the marshmallows straight. What's the grossest thing you could find in your apartment, you think? Like, what's the most uh, classic, disgusting junk? Maggots. Maybe. I mean, I'm maggots. just thinking of the, the... Oh, yeah, that's really harsh. Like, I, I'm thinking of rotting food. Or, like, Yeah, mold. I was thinking, like, a meatball with, like, like dust and hair stuck to it. You know? Well, it's like, a, that pro- like, a pot that had been cooked, like, you used it to cook pasta or something like that. It's got that yeah. grody, that's, like, sauce. Yeah, that's pretty gross. But then imagine you look under somebody's couch and there's a meatball with dust and hair on it, you know? What about like stagnant water that just has like discolored and has flies around it? Yeah, and a meatball in it. And a meatball in it. Yeah. <laughs> imagine you, so say you're at your friend's apartment and you have to yeah. go use the re- the restroom and then you go in and there's a meatball in the toilet. Oh, no, man. I, didn't want to, I couldn't even flush that. I don't want to look at it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty rough. Say you go to put on your flip flop and there's a meatball on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does it have hair on it? Or yeah, it's just a normal meatball. <laughs> that was just a normal meatball. Oh, that's just a, uh, that's just cushion. <laughs> you can walk further. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. So he's just putting up posters and all that good stuff. But then those goons from before, the ones who uh, tried to kill the old lady, they show up to get their rent money because they never knew that the old woman had a son. They basically start hassling Joe. Uh, but he pays them and they leave for now. And Joe heads out looking for a job. And he takes the bus. And while riding, he happens to see a beautiful blonde woman tending to a small garden in an alley behind her job. This woman's name is Lily. And she, like Joe, doesn't fit the mold of angry city life. She's pure and kind. And she works for the city's central complaint department. There's not much you can do to help people there, but that's what she wants. Now, Lily's dad is a senator, so she could easily find a better job. But she stays here because she wants to help people. So Lily and her coworker are walking around the lot and they see some kids playing in the garbage. And she's asked them what they're doing and they're making a toy crack house out of used needles <laughs> and it breaks Lily's heart. She thinks the kids deserve better. She's sick of the city being the way that it is. And so she wants to find some way to change it. And she decides then and there, she's gonna build a safe garden for children to play in and for the community. That's how she's gonna make change. She's gonna build a safe place, a big old park for everybody to enjoy and that'll help curb the crime and make everybody happier, basically. Now, her dad, the senator, has a plan for the city of his own. That same lot that Joe just got his apartment is basically empty. It's just his building surrounded by a bunch of dirt. The senator wants that building so that he can use that lot. So he's relying on the landlord and his two goons to arrange for all the tenants to leave that last building. That's Uh, why they were trying to off the old lady, and that's hmm. why they don't want Joe there. That way, he can demolish the building and build a penitentiary there. Um, and then also a recurring joke that they have, uh, he likes wearing women's clothes. So he has a corset under, under, under his suit. The and senator does? Just, senator does, yeah. And he just rubs hmm. his own nipples a little bit. It's weird. Okay. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that's really it's an interesting choice. I don't, it doesn't go anywhere. Um, it's also weird anyway. that of all ladies' clothing, he chose corset. 
yeah. the most uncomfortable. It's funny how like every '90s movie, eh, probably not everyone, but so many '90s comedies just have really like really bad, terrible, uh, just very narrow-minded things in them, huh? Every time we we go back and watch a '90s comedy, it's like, man, that's a uh, that's pretty rough, huh? You have a lot of like homophobia stuff in them. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it's nighttime. And a depressed-looking Joe turns out the light. Couldn't get jobs. He couldn't keep a job. He kept getting fired from all these little places he was trying to uh, trying to get work from. And he just turns out the light, and he tries to get some sleep on the old couch. Uh, now, at this point, Joe has not actually met the cockroaches, but they already know they like the guy, and they want to let him know somehow. But they're interrupted by those two goons. They're breaking in via the window, and they bring in smashing everything, and Joe's next. But the roaches have a plan. There are no two ways about this. If the goons kill Joe, it won't be long till they're also killed. So they scatter military style to protect him. Now Joe is hiding under the sheets because he's afraid, and the goons hear him. And as they come over to him and rip the sheet off of his, uh, you know, from his hiding spot, they reveal an improvised mask of roaches just crawling all over his face. And that scares them, and it buys the roaches enough time for an all-out flying roach assault. So Ralph the Roach lands on the nose of one of the goons around his face, and he says, Give me a kiss, asshole. And for the first time, the characters all acknowledge that the roaches can speak out loud and in English. And he starts insulting them. And so the other goon starts trying to shoot the, the, the cockroach in his face. What? Uh, yeah. But they're just kind of all over the place. All the cockroaches are kind of just like trying to work together to like trip them and hit them with the objects that are around the room. And they just pull out their guns and they're just shooting willy-nilly all over the, the apartment and they can't seem to hit anything. So basically, they knock the goons down and they get in their faces and they warn them that if they don't lay off Joe, the roaches are going to infest their every orifice and meal for the rest <laughs> of their lives because they don't just know where the goons live, they live where they live. And so then they end up just tripping the goons and pushing them down the stairs. Um, and they save Joe. Was Joe okay with having the mask of cockroaches on his face? We don't really get to see too much of his response. We just see him scream. But they're screaming too. They're screaming because they see the roaches on his face. He's screaming because he sees yeah. people huh. are ready, to, like bad men. Yeah. So with the bad guys gone, a nervous Joe is greeted by the roaches for the first time. And they tell him that they want to be his friend. Uh, and yes, and they they talk, but more importantly, they can <laughs> sing. And so they perform a little acapella choir number about love for him as he falls asleep safe and sound. Now, while Joe's sleeping, a one-eared cat comes in. He's obviously a little rough and tumble. He's an alley cat. And once again, the roaches scatter. They're terrified of the cat. They're Sorry, they're terrified of cats. And it corners Ralph. And they're praying for Joe to wake up because he's the only one that can really stop this cat. Uh, but he's not waking up. And it looks like <laughs> it's all over until... Cousin Tiny from Texas shows up. Oh. He's got a little cowboy hat on and he's wielding a lasso. Is he, he a roach? Ropes. He's a roach, yeah. And he, uh, he he ropes the cat and starts wrangling him around, just knocking all sorts of shit over. <laughs> and then the other roaches take this opportunity to throw a little hoedown, accompanied by a fast roach hoedown song, and dance. Uh, and then the cat knocks a goldfish out of the bowl and into Joe's mouth <laughs> while he's sleeping. And he starts choking, so obviously he wakes up. And Tiny gets bucked off the cat, but sends the cat basically into Joe's face. So, so Joe's basically just wrestling around with a stuffed animal cat. It looks silly uh, while he's getting all bloodied up because the cat has his claws in his face. Um, and then he's managed to throw the cat out the window. <laughs> I, like, I like how the roaches just defeated two thugs with guns. Yeah. But the cat, they're like, <laughs> there's nothing we can do about this. No, nothing you can do about a cat. <laughs> Cats are fast, you know. That's true. And the other guys were trying to fight them with guns. So <laughs> I, don't, I think that maybe a gun is not an effective weapon against, against a, roach. a roach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but these roaches, they're so happy because no human has ever saved a roach before. And now they just love this guy. Uh, 
he's frustrated, but he's accepting. And Joe tells them, um, you know what? I'll be your friend, but I need you to stop following me around from work because you keep getting me fired. And they all happily agree that that's oh, best. No. Wait, so oh, Joe no. got a job, but he keeps getting fired because the roaches go with him? Every time he goes to an interview, the roaches are kind of following him, trying to help him out. But uh, that's just such a, it's a, it's a side note. It's not really a, that super relevant. Gotcha. It's weird to think that the people that are hiring him fire him because roaches are around. Like, why well, would you? Like, let's say you're delivering a pizza and then the people open it up and there's a bunch of roaches on top of the pizza. Yeah. Why is that his problem? He didn't do it. I mean, he That's did kind of, but how would you know? That's true. Yeah. But also, say you're an employer and a guy shows up to the interview and there's just roaches coming off his body. Yeah, you're probably not going to If it came off his body, then I would be like, you have a cleanliness issue. And I wouldn't. <laughs> there actually, him, yeah. there's something that doesn't get addressed, really. I know that I understand, like, because Joe is kind of a junkie man and the roaches like that he has a crappy lifestyle. But, I mean, he's notably dirty throughout this whole movie. You see, like, dirt on his face and his clothes are, like, unwashed. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> like, I like that. Garbage you man. can't be successful in life that way. <laughs> there was a time I was in college and um, I think we we're taking a test or something. And, um, I had my head, I had like my hair, my hand in my hair while I was taking the test and I just kind of like moved my hair a little bit and a spider fell out, like a pretty big spider (laughs) and it fell on its back and its legs were just like, you know, writhing all over. So I took my pencil and I flipped it over so it'd be okay and it just ran off the side of the table and I looked up and there was a girl across the road just staring at me looking <laughs> so disgusted that's like a cartoon <laughs> you're like you're like the zombie that showed up randomly halfway through the movie that's so funny yeah well and now I mean, she's my uh, wife <laughs> you did just kidding she was a she was a spider enthusiast it was in the spider class that's what you guys are studying yeah yeah so Walter Shit shows up and offers Joe a job <laughs> playing uh, as a drummer for his band, which is also called Shit. So Joe's walking around plastering the wall with flyers, and they just say shit on him. That's all it says. For him. Uh, and then he accidentally bumps into Lily, who's also plastering flyers for her community garden. He stumbles while trying to talk to her for the first time, but when she explains that she needs fertilizer for the garden, they share a laugh because he's posting flyers for shit, which is actually what she needs. So he offers to help her. That night, he heads home and begins writing a letter to her, and it's, you know, he's glowing because our little Joey is in love. And Ralph and Rodney Roach sneak up and start giving him suggestions, like tell her, you dig her boobs because girls like compliments. (laughs) And he realizes that he needs to come up with a way to get her some fertilizer. So the next morning, Joe embarks on a journey to find dogs pooping on the sidewalk, horses, circus elephants, really anything he can to just fill up a bag full of poop. And he does. He, He successfully, after a montage, fills up a giant bag of poop and he's just riding the bus back home with an open <laughs> bag of mixed animal feces on his lap. When he gets home, he goes through his mail and reveals a letter from his mom saying she got him an actual job interview with an old friend whose name is P.I. Smith. He's the largest manufacturer of urinal cakes. So he goes in for the interview, and it's going well when Mr. Smith starts asking weird questions like, does your mom still wear her hair in that sexy way? Oh, no. And does mischief still sparkle in her eye? <laughs> and Joe doesn't know how to respond to this, but this scene is way too long, and Smith just keeps asking these weird questions. Mommy still got that saucy swing to her hips? <laughs> Did mommy ever give you a sponge bath? Oh, <laughs> It's really gross. And Joe is just like, uh, he's having a hard time with that. But hey, I got him the job. And so now he's officially changing <laughs> urinal cakes for P.I. Smith & Sons, which is the acronym PISS. So uh. he's going to be working Yankee Stadium. And sure enough, he doesn't get fired this time. After a long day's uh, work, Joe goes home to find the roaches watching their own roach TV network. And it's really just a complex uh, S&M adult film with roaches and stop motion animation. 
So basically, Wallace and Gromit, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But but this is a sweet line. One of the roaches says it bloats up his crop. (laughs) That was really funny. (laughs) So now Joe's feeling down, but Roddy points out that a rare and beautiful flower is growing out of that bag of shit that he brought home. And sure enough, yeah. So I guess I guess a random flower started emerging. Maybe maybe the horse ate some seeds. I don't know. Uh Uh, But sure enough. He brings it to the community garden the next morning for Lily, and she's excited about that because this very flower was the same Brazilian flower that she did her thesis on in college. Um, he's wearing his uh, job overalls, and they have the acronym PISS on him. She asks what that stands for, and he says it's a bank that he's working for because he's too embarrassed about his real job. And then she sees the urinal cakes in his bag and asks what they are, to which he <laughs> replies, it's a new type of mulching palette. And she buys it and asks if he can get more for her. Um, and sure enough, an excited Joe... Uh, just forgets that he's lying about this and just dumps a bunch of used urinal cakes on the floor. And, and used? Sh- yeah. Why do you take the used ones home with him? Maybe you have to recycle it so specifically. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know how urinal cake... I don't really know much about the urinal business. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know a thing done. or two. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me any, any facts about... You ever go to a bar and instead of having a urinal cake, they just fill up the urinal with ice? Oh, yeah. yeah. What yeah. is that? I like that. I don't know. Uh, in my head, it's just because I imagine when pee is warm, it smells worse. So it just cools down the pee really fast, right? Oh. I think it's probably diluting it. Oh, that too, I guess. guess. I thought they were just chilling my pee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to be honest, guys. I actually know a lot about your own business. You're both right. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, great. Anyway, so Lily's stunned by his kindness because he brought all these mulching pellets and all this fertilizer for her. And he asks if she'll come and see his band. So she's like, yeah, for sure. Now, the next scene is directly from the original short. He explains to the roaches that he has a date and they need to stay out of sight. So he gives them a raw steak as a sign of good faith. And as soon as he leaves, they decide they need to do something nice for him to make him look good on his big date. So cut to the club. It's a super 90s alternative club. But also there's a young Moby there and he isn't bald yet, which is weird to see. Weird. Uh, Yeah, he's he's like the resident DJ. But the best part about this is that earlier... Uh, in the movie, there was a song off the Play album. Moby, Moby has an album called Play. Uh, and that means that for sure, Moby was just a big supporter of this movie being yeah. made. <laughs> He's like, I have, to, I have to be a part of this. I have to be a part of this. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Joe's band goes on, and Innocent Joe just kind of goes for it, even though he doesn't know how to play the drums. <laughs> Everyone's in shock. Walter's the singer of the band, obviously. And he just turns on him, and he says some really cool shit. And everyone just starts laughing at Joe because he's oh, no. a, a terrible musician. And so Joe just storms out. He's embarrassed. He sees that Lily came to see him. And he just basically is defeated. That's terrible. He's just walking home. And she chases after him, starts giving him some kind words of encouragement. But Joe has to come clean. He's like, you know what? I'm not a drummer. I'm not a banker. I'm just a loser. But Lily says she likes him anyway. And then the bus comes by and they get splashed by gutter water. It's a classic, classic trope. Yeah. So he says, you can come back to my apartment to clean up because I have a towel. And this is where, <laughs> this is where Funky Towel comes in. Do you guys want to watch it just for the sake of uh, Funky yeah, Towel? Have it. Remembering? Yeah, sure. it's right here. I think it's, I think it's really good. <laughs> I'm going to watch it too. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that toilet. To yeah. It's very dirty. There's definitely a meatball in that toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like stomp. Yeah. <laughs> Man, the animation of the roach is actually really good. Yeah, this, this holds up. 
I was gonna say, I wanted to talk about that. Once, once it's over, we can talk about that a little bit. Oh. It's kind of like Flubber. <laughs> Disney's Flubber, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of cool, right? That's Dude. like a kind of like Parliament Funkadelic kind of song, and yeah, I, I mean, I genuinely like it. I, yeah. I, I mean, the music is neat because they're making it with just stuff they find around Joe's gross apartment. But also, yeah. man, mm-hmm. those cockroaches are so delightful. Yeah, I just really genuinely fun. like them. Honestly, their banter in the background of the movie is the best because yeah. they're just constantly saying all these weird little puns and stuff, and it's. I mean, like I said, I, I don't know. I, I feel kind of bad admitting it, but I actually thoroughly enjoyed watching this. I like it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's probably where that $13 million budget went was probably animating it really good because it, it holds great. up. It yeah. looks kind of like, I mean, this is 1996 at this point. So it's like. That's crazy. You know, like, CGI from 1996 looks terrible usually. Right? And mean, this looks like great. The, it's a rare case, kind of like, like Terminator 2 or Jurassic Park where it just was really good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, anyway, at the end of that scene, Joe and Lily get back to the apartment and they're going to carry out the rest of the original short. He pours the wine, the bugs watch from above in that little lamp, and they get too close and they all fall all over Joe and Lily and in her mouth and all over her boobs. And that's and she just screams and runs out the building. Um, now like this is a mini show. Yeah, yeah, it's just like the short that, that came before it. Uh, but now we have, you know, extra stuff that happens. So she runs out of the building only to find that her garden has been trashed and torched. Oh, she no. was building that garden, you know, she was working on it and it was it was coming together, but she's just so sad and she she runs away and we see those two goons from the beginning of the movie uh, and they have little like lighters in their hands and uh, you know, meanwhile Joe feels like his life is ruined also, but he blames the roaches for it. So in a wild turn of events, he decides once and for all he doesn't want to have he doesn't want to share this with the roaches anymore and he's going to kill them. Oh, wow. So he leaves the apartment for about one minute and then he returns in full Rambo attire with two bandoliers <laughs> of like roach traps on his chest and camel pants and roach ga- gas grenades. And now it's on and, and he is fighting the roaches and they're fighting him too. They're tripping him and breaking his stuff. He's throwing roach traps at all of them and they basically knock over a big old picture frame and the glass breaks on him. And as you know, he, he gets knocked out. But as he comes to, He's tied up like Oliver's travel style with a can of roach spray aimed at his face. And the roaches, they tell him that they have to kill him. They took a huge risk talking to him. And now that the truce is off, they can't afford to let him leave knowing what he knows about them. So they this prepared. This is a hell of a turn. This yeah, movie took. It, 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 got, it got real, real hard, real, real quick. Yeah. Basically, the, the gist is all roaches can actually speak English in this world. And we just don't know it because they don't think that they have anything to it's share like with you. Yeah, it's, it's like, like Toy Story. Yeah, it's like Toy Story. It's Toy Story. It's exactly Toy Story. <laughs> um, so they're preparing to uh, spray him with a can of, uh, you know, roach killer. And they just ask for his last words. But as uh, as they get ready to spray, the entire building just erupts in flames because the goons had been putting gasoline everywhere. And they just set uh, they set the building. They torched it. And they're going to kill the roaches and fulfill their boss's wishes by getting rid of that last tenant. So the building, you know, needed to be demolished for the prison. And they're just going to go for it. And uh, uh, basically, they burn down the whole building. And it just crumbles, and there's just, like, rubble left behind. Oh, no. So, yeah. Does Joe get so, out? Uh, he does, but we don't really see how he gets out. And he just kind of, we, we see him just pretty much passed out in the rubble. So, everyone's down in the dumps. The roaches lost their home. Joe's brokenhearted and passed out. Lily's just fed up with the city's heartlessness. And, you know, the next morning... She just looks haggard. She's like smoking a cigarette. She's disheveled hair. And she just decides to get up and quit. 
She's given up. She's going to go meet with her father and accept the fate of that lot. The city needs a jail because it's just a lost cause. Meanwhile, Rodney and Ralph, they see Joe. They find him, and they just feel bad. They think it went too far, and they do still care about him. I think murder is probably past the line, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it from a cockroach's perspective, people murder them like nothing. All the time, yeah. Yeah, so what's one human versus there's 40,000 roaches in that in that building? Mm-hmm. So so all the all the roaches made it out of the fire then? Yeah. Okay. I good. mean, the roaches, they're super resilient. They can, yeah. they can get out and they can fly and do whatever else. So Ralph and Rodney, they feel really bad about it, and they decide, you know what, we need to fix this. And they start giving this really powerful speech and they say they're going to call in favors from every roach and every rodent in the city to figure out how to fix everything for Joe's life. So we see a montage of they're hitting the books. They're just swarming the streets with flowers and they wheel a giant urinal cake into the mud that remains in the like the building lot. Uh, and, and the urinal cake apparently has magical qualities because it just soaks up all the, the toxic garbage. <laughs> and it, like, uh, like a little whimsical spell, the place just starts getting really, really nice. <laughs> and um, they basically get their hands on the deed to the lot and they landscape the entire lot full of like grass and flowers and benches and everything in the course of 12 hours. Hmm. Uh, it's and like it's Snow White. Yeah, it's like it's Snow like White. Disney's Snow White. Yeah. Um, and Lily and her senator dad show up just to claim the lot only just to see what the roaches have done. Uh, they, you know, Lily was planning on just seeing everything, you know, turn into a prison. But when she turns her head, it's beautiful. And she gets out and she sees what the roaches have done, but the roaches haven't left. They're actually standing there in a big, scary pile. And as she, you know, she takes a step back, because it's kind of creepy. But then they reveal that they're spelling out words to her. And in their roach bodies, they spell Joe Hart U. And with that, they kind of disappear and they go back down the little drainage, little like little ditch. And then we see Joe appear and he hands over the deed that they had basically put in his hand uh, while he was sleeping. Um, and he realizes how much the roaches bailed him out. And when Lily asks how he was able to do all this last night, he said it was with the help from his friends. And specifically, he says friends, which is a big deal, because Lily finally gets it. Although it's strange uh, to be friends with roaches, it's not terrible because they clearly care about people and they clearly care about Joe. So, so her senator dad dedicates the park to her uh, publicly, and the cockroaches toss those goons in the sewer. And the movie wraps up with Joe pretty much just moving into Lily's nicer apartment. Um, mm. The roaches kind of sneak their way also into the apartment, insinuating that they can't really wait to make this place a dump as well, all while <laughs> singing and dancing in like a Baptist church kind of style. Song. <laughs> but that's that's basically it. And then the credits roll, and we hear like a... You guys know who De La Soul is, old hip-hop group? Yeah. Yeah, they, they did their own version of Funky Towel, and it's playing during the credits. So pretty sweet. That's great. <laughs> is that the the like song of the movie, Funky Towel? Funky Towel was like the one that they were like playing as like the music video on a TV to yeah. kind of advertise. How do you think Moby felt about that? <laughs> <laughs> that's when actually immediately after this movie release was released, that's when he uh, Moby put out the song that says, "When it's cold, I'd like to die." <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I, there I might like be a relation. I it's like really the, good. Yeah, and I like the message, too. I like the idea that it's repainting roaches as, as friends. That's, that's yeah. great. Do you guys yeah. remember in Wally how Wally has a pet roach? Yeah. I always thought that was great because it, I, I was hoping it would change people's perceptions of roaches and make them yeah. like them because it's just a fun little pet. He's a fun little guy. Yeah. Here's a cool, a cool little tip or a little factoid. Um, right when Wally's about to leave, 
he tells the the roach to stay put on this little specific little place, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, Wally obviously goes into space and then comes back down. And when he comes back down, the roach is still waiting for him in that same spot. Oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, what a good little roach! Okay. Hmm. Little roach. We all love roaches here. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can get sponsored by roaches. <laughs> I know. I was thinking we should remake this because they're like making new Lion King and Aladdin. Yeah. There's a new Ghostbusters that's going to come out. We have Toy Story Four. We're back in the middle of the '90s, we and I think we need Joe's to make apartment. a new Joe's apartment. Yeah, is I'm it a reboot or is it a sequel? It's a reboot. Okay. Yeah. What if we do instead of doing animation to live action, we do live action to animation? Yeah. We, we like mocap apartment. Like no, like Andy you know, Circus? like the new Aladdin is a, a live action version of the original original which oh, was animated. So, okay. Go the other direction and make yeah, a cartoon Joe's apartment. We could do yeah. that. Let's get uh let's get the Rick and Morty guys, let's get Justin Roiland on this. Yeah. They'll do a great job. <laughs> Let me call him up. Yeah. Um, if there's anyone out there that's important and in the movie industry and you need to hire <laughs> someone to be part of uh, this new reboot of Joe's Apartment, I, I would like to volunteer. Yeah, you'd be a good Joe. Um, My name is already that. Yeah, so, so yeah, when people there. say your name in the movie, you're, you're automatically going to mm-hmm. look. You know, and I, hey, I literally I saved, I saved two roaches from my house the other day. Wow. Yeah. I would so like, I say, if they need somebody to do mocap for the roaches, I would like to volunteer for that because I yeah. feel like I move like a roach. Right. Yeah, you've got a good body mm-hmm. for that. I scurry. Yeah, yeah you scurry, you scamper, mm-hmm. you scatter. Yeah. You skank. <laughs> it, it is a song and dance movie, so you're going to have to know how to skank. Have, the, that's not a problem. Yeah, the new reboot has a lot of ska music in it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of real <laughs> yeah. big fish, a lot, a lot of aquabats. Aquabats. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, my kind Just of movie. those two. Papa Roach. <laughs> Papa Roach. Papa Roach's new ska song. <laughs> <laughs> Can I uh, can I tell you guys something that I'm a little a little embarrassed of? Sometimes yeah. when I wear all black, because I always wear black jeans, and sometimes when I wear a black yeah. shirt, I get a little nervous that I look like an unpopper roach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna come clean with you. You do. No, no. <laughs> yeah. But we like it. No, we like it. It's okay. No, Be I yourself. Don't like that. No. We like you the way you are. That was the message of the movie. <laughs> Um, anyway, that's it. I highly recommend everybody watch it because it actually does kind of stand up, kind of. Um, it is very 90s but if you can get past the weird 90s movie angles, uh, the music's good. The banter that the roaches have is good. Um, A couple months ago, uh, Joey, you did an episode on Cool as Ice. Yeah. How does this compare to Cool as Ice? Those are roughly about the same period, same decade at least. Which one is better? Um, so here's the thing I was thinking in my head. I was like, do I just like bad movies? Because it seems like <laughs> apparently I'm attracted to 90s women. And I just like bad movies. I don't know. But you, um, when you say you're attracted to the '90s women, yeah, are you saying girls from the '90s or 90 year old women? Both. Is that a problem? <laughs> <Okay>. No. <laughs> Is not, there a problem? Not, not yucking your yums. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a phrase? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> It's you're a good a, phrase. Yeah, you're good, man. <laughs> Get on up and shake that thing. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's it. So, um, you guys have anything else you want to say about roaches or movies? Uh, uh, man. So you want to address Italy and tell them thanks? Italy? Yeah, for putting Cause us cause on the top on the... 100 gaming oh, podcasts. Yeah. 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 Uh, cool. Thanks, Italy. Uh, if you guys <laughs> want to uh, send us any um, suggestions or just any comments or compliments or concerns about our well-being uh, podcast <laughs> at gmail.com and if you want to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes that'd be great for us 
if you haven't yet, head over to Instagram and, and follow us on there and you can get little snippets bits of each episode before they go up or as they're going up, I should say. Yeah. And tell your friends about them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was doing that thing. Was that called nagging? Is that yeah, right? you're nagging the audience yeah. a little bit. I'm going to nag the audience. Yeah. <laughs> you're not good enough to listen to our show. Yeah, you're lucky. You're lucky we let you listen to this. Yeah. Um. All right. Great. I guess, that, I guess that's it. Yeah. Okay. Bye, everybody. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye. I'm going to pitch up our voices so we sound like cockroaches. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll make a little scampering noises. Are you doing that for this part too? Yeah, all of this. There's actually we're all we're, we sound like roaches right now because we are roaches. That's what we didn't tell the audience. We're not actually not humans. We're just little roaches. <laughs> Our secret. Yeah, out. we're really we're just taking the voice modifiers off mm-hmm. yeah. right now. <laughs> all right, bye for real. Bye. See, see ya. <laughs>